What do we say we're gonna name this thing? Uh, the Mansfields After Dark. Is that it? I'm nervous because I know I'm being recorded. <laughs> Welcome. Okay, let's do that. Wait, again. we need a tagline. Maybe we should write it down and then we can read it so that it's a little more fancy. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think it should be fancy? I don't know that I've ever listened to a fancy podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Mansfields After Dark, where we have conversations about creativity. After we put our kids to bed. From our school bus turned studio in our backyard. I'm Sasquatch Mansfield. And I'm Molly Mansfield. Alright. That's good to me. I think that was pretty good. Okay. Alright. Imposter syndrome. Okay. I gotta say mm-hmm. that I'm definitely experiencing some imposter syndrome right now. <laughs> about talking about imposter syndrome. Oh yeah. On a podcast because Oh, you don't feel like a podcaster? Well, it's because I feel like there's so much good content out there already on this topic, like books. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, people could just go read those books and, you know, that would be so much better. Oh, geez. Than anything I have to say about this. Great way to start. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just confessing that, like... You know, I'm, I experience this all the time and I'm experiencing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, to be honest, I haven't thought about it. If I'm completely honest, I knew that we were going to talk about this, but I haven't thought about it until <laughs> you just mentioned it. Yeah. But I mean, that's the way you roll. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, I guess I kind of feel that. Yeah, but here's the thing. People are here now. They're listening to us now. They're not reading a book. So might as well talk about it. True. Cheers. Okay. Let's go. We're we'll take a sip of our tea. Yeah. Some two dip- different teas. Two different teas. I have two different pe- peeps. <laughs> <laughs> I have ginger turmeric tea. Yeah, and I just have green tea. Oh, okay. Because I need that pick-me-up. Mm. Okay. I'm, I'm bouncing off these bus walls in no time. Hold on. Turn off the AC. Hot box it. <laughs> I just thought of something that's not related to this Perfect. podcast, so I need to tell you about it later. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Yeah, I think we'll have time. We'll chat. Um, so this uh, this idea came up um, about us. I don't know. I, I it's such a real world, uh, you know, a, a real world thing that happens to people. Like we were hanging out with a friend, and she was telling us how she felt about starting art or making art now she felt like an imposter of doing so mm-hmm. so it's, it's it's an important topic yeah okay so what is imposter syndrome um i i always thought of it as like let's say that i like like for my first paying 
uh, family session. Mm-hmm. Someone paid me money to take pictures of them. Oh boy, I'm not like I'm not that guy. So it's this it's this feeling of either, yeah, well, why not just read a book about it, right? Like, like you were saying, like, you know, we're not necessarily experts. So why not? Why don't you just read the book from the people? Um, mm-hmm. and, that, and I felt like, huh, they pay me money. So they're expecting something. I hope I have what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I think of. I think, I think it's like, it's, it's a, a self-esteem thing or a, just a confidence thing. Mm-hmm. And, and also kind of an awareness of there's so many other people out here doing great things. Why should I even be here? Yeah. Why even bother? Especially, yeah. When you are looking at, um, work by somebody who's like has years and years and years of experience and really talented and you know maybe just flipping through an art book or a photography book and seeing their life's work Mm -hmm. and not really thinking about how many years of work that was but just it's easy to be overwhelmed by the like greatness of it and the skill and just kind of be like, Ugh, why even bother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think we I all mean, feel I mean, I think that's it. a little bit different than imposter syndrome though. Well, yeah, I feel like imposter syndrome is you're in a specific situation. Uh, like the fake it till you make it thing. Right. What do you mean? You don't know about fake it till you make it. I'm going to change your life. (laughs) I know what that is, but I don't know how you're trying to apply it. Well, like, okay. Like that, that is the advice that people give someone that has imposter syndrome of, uh, you just fake it until you make it sweetie. Like, yeah, you go out there and you pretend to be something else. Okay. You pretend to be what you want to be. Like, um, like Neil Gaiman talks about how whenever he was, I've been referencing Neil Gaiman a lot, but I like him. I mean, he might be your favorite author. It's possible. <laughs> He's in the running. Um, but he he talks about like writing for m- certain magazines uh, where he felt uncomfortable. Like, this is a big deal for me to write for this magazine. And what he did was he just pretended to be someone that wrote for great magazines. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like thinking of himself as like a personality, mm-hmm. like acting. Yeah, he's almost, a, until he's he became actor. that person. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a process in method acting to where you never go back to the original. You're just stuck in the the actor that you've created or the act character there it is the character that you've created Mm. i don't know yeah i think that's an interesting way to go about it 
it's like it's like uh, giving yourself infinite amount of lives. Huh. Well, it's like you know, it's oh, it's giving lives. yourself lives. I was thinking like <laughs> Instagram live. Oh boy, you've been on social <laughs> My mind media is in too Instagram. much. Um, no, infinite amount of lives okay. to live. You, yeah. You know, whenever that one gets dull or you you run into another problem where you have to, you know, face a or like situation. Roles. Okay. Roles to play. All right. <laughs> I don't know. That makes a little more sense to me. That's fine. Of just like moving from different roles. Okay. Are we talking about like sweet roles <laughs> since we're misunderstanding each other? <laughs> <laughs> I understand you, though. But yeah, I think uh, just getting out there is the biggest part of it, and and then and then whenever you're there, that's whenever imposter syndrome hits. Of like, I don't know. I mean, just explain what you're thinking about with imposter syndrome. Uh, what do you mean? What do you think imposter syndrome is? Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you. Basically what you said, just feeling like, well, it's just getting, it's hearing this voice of your inner critic and getting into like a negative thinking pattern, like right from the get go, even before you start usually, mm-hmm. um, and letting like fear control you mm-hmm. yeah fear of probably usually like you know since we're talking about imposter syndrome probably fear of not being good enough or or someone coming like uh you know on your instagram live since we're talking about that they like pop in with a comment and go you're a fraud mm. is that a fear that some people have i don't know <laughs> maybe that's why I don't do Instagram lives and we just uncovered <laughs> something. <laughs> but I don't think so. I'm not worried about that one guy. Cause it would just be one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most people on Instagram are pretty nice. Most. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so I guess like my advice was going to be um, for, for getting past that is, was going to be just to do the thing. Um, like whatever it is that you're thinking about that you want to do, just start doing it. And even like setting baby steps for yourself so that you can get more comfortable in it. And the other thing is, um, little, little, little baby steps. <laughs> you don't have to share yeah. anything online or like thing. to the general public that yeah. you're doing, even though we live in this world where like people if you're post, not posting you know, what it, they're eating on Instagram. Yeah. There's no obligation to do that. And nobody's going to know that you are starting something nobody's gonna yeah nobody's gonna see it if you don't share it and honestly i don't think you if you're just starting something 
Don't. Don't share it because you're not going to be good at it at the beginning. No. Um, well, um, so there's two two schools of thought there. Like there's the Gary V ideas of like share everything show everybody everything you're doing all the time that way they can see the progression of your life and like your process which is there's something to that but then there's also you know being kind to the the audience being kind to your viewer and not you know submitting them to some awful things yeah and i mean Gary V doesn't share everything. Pretty much everything. I mean, though. maybe think maybe thinks he does, or maybe in a certain realm he does, but he doesn't share. Like, isn't I don't know that much about him, but isn't he like really strict about not sharing his family life at all? No family at all. Yeah. So there's things that he has decided mm-hmm. are important to him not to share. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. But anyway, you were saying, just do the thing. Don't, yeah. Don't share it. Don't share it until you start, you know, seeing some progress and feel comfortable in it and feel like what you're doing, you're, um, like you're content with it mm-hmm. until it's good. Right. You know? Yeah, for sure. And either with uh, doing the, the way that you mentioned of like, taking on a more like coming coming at it from like the fake it till you make it or just start doing something quietly on your own and just get into this routine of practicing it both of those things it doesn't really matter what avenue you take but both of those things what they're ultimately doing i think is yeah they're getting you to do the thing and to start feeling comfortable doing it Mm -hmm. and as you as you do it, as you put time into it and practice it, you are going to feel more comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, I was talking with a friend of mine that uh, I haven't talked to in a long time, and he was saying, you know, we were uh, childhood friends, you know him, but you know, whatever. Um, and he was saying, you remember like, all those guys, all the, all the parents that like gave us so much information, gave us so much, you know, pep talks and, you know, you, you, you have to operate in this way and do things in this certain way. And all these like guidelines that for life, Mm -hmm. it's like, they had no idea what they were talking about. They were, I'm almost positive that they were all just kind of flying by the seat of their pants not really sure what was happening with life, but then they were like, oh, I got to raise kids. I guess I'm just going to make something up. Mm. And and the point of that conversation was that we were saying, yeah, nobody knows really what they're doing. We just do whatever we think is best in whatever situation. We might have some knowledge that we gleaned from someone else, but Ultimately, we're like, this is all just kind of a science experiment. We're just kind of testing things out. So that's definitely helped me get past any sort of weirdness that I have. Because then, one, it, it allows me to 
uh, confront it head on. Like, yes, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know really much. Not, not for sure, but also, but no one knows really for sure. And if they say that they know for sure, they're just deceiving themselves into thinking that because no one has concrete. This is how everything should be done. Even in art, like there are process stuff that's like a tried and true method, right? But you can go about things way differently. Yeah. Like who was the who was the first guy that used a palette knife to make an entire painting? It's like that's crazy. That's neat. You did it. You did something different. <laughs> uh, what well, am I wrong? It, it was that like a pre pre brush? Was that pre brush? Was that's just oh what they do? maybe maybe it started with painting with a knife. Yeah. Probably, and then the maybe it's wasteful. That. It's pretty wasteful. It's a lot of material you're putting on there. Oh. But it's beautiful. It's amazing what some of those guys can do with just a knife. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> kind of a little tangent. But yeah, I, I, I truly believe that most people don't really know what they're doing. Well, <laughs> fight me. I don't know if I believe that, fight but, me. but I like agree that everybody, you know, is a beginner at some point. And I think that everybody experiences this in some way. Well, it, I'll, I will take back my statement. Not everybody, you know, people don't know they're not clueless of what they're doing initially yes they are clueless right and then you develop your own way of doing things yeah but and you to, become it you can become like an expert in way, this yes yeah. totally to say this is the only way is just kind of ridiculous of course yeah there's but that's a different topic plenty of ways of doing things plenty of different perspectives and points of view and that like is going to vary so much by culture mhm yeah and a like generation and time period mm -hmm. yeah there's plenty of wrong ways to do it too well i mean who defines right and wrong way of doing oh something gosh. i mean if you get if you get there mm -hmm. yeah it's true yeah who cares doesn't matter how you got there it's about the destination not not the journey <laughs> right high five no okay it's a very seventh thing for me to say <laughs> And I'm all about the journey. Yeah. Let's just get there. Can we take a, <laughs> can we not drive this time and just fly? It's faster. <laughs> okay. So what other things like related to this are like barriers to starting on something, starting on the thing you want to start on? Uh, paralysis by analysis. Okay. You have you have all these interests. I am an expert at this. I have all these You're interests. You're an expert at having a lot of interests? Yes. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I know that. I was just yeah. clarifying what you're saying. I'm an expert at having a lot of interests. And sometimes it's really hard for me to decide what one to pursue. Mm -hmm. um, because I just don't know. 
I don't know what's what where I should go. There's no roadmap to any of this, and you just kind of have to start. You pick a lane, uh, sometimes multiple lanes, and then you drive multiple cars. <laughs> and that's my life. But it's it, you can stop whenever you're not at like a three way. Like maybe maybe there's not just a fork in the road, but there's like seven different roads that you can take, mm-hmm. and they all might lead to the same place, but you just don't know that. And so you're you're trying to figure out which road to take. Lots of car references. It's a transportation. Yeah. So just feeling overwhelmed by all the choices, mm-hmm. all the options, your, all the interests. Yeah. Or, or paralysis by analysis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think if I have experienced that. I, I mean, I, I definitely think of myself as multi-passionate and like I have done a lot of different things over the years, Slipper like creative socks. things. But I don't know that all the ideas come to me at one time. Actually, I'm thinking about like in painting, I get so many ideas um, all the time, which is great. But also it does sometimes feel overwhelming because like I think that they're all really good ideas, (laughs) which they're not. But... um, I want to do all of them like really bad. They're like, it feels like they're just swelling up inside of me and they want to break free and get out. And like, once I execute an idea, it's like this release. It's just like this huge, you know, relief for me. Like, whoo. I got that one out. Now I can move on to the next one. Mm. So um, what I do with that is that I keep an idea list um, on my phone. And whenever I get those ideas, I just put them on my list. Um, Because the thing is with, with my ideas, I really also like to dive deep into them and like do a whole collection of work on one idea, not just do like one painting and then move on because I really like to um, like go deep and Dig. explore every area of whatever mm-hmm. I'm thinking about. Um, so it does take me a long time to work through my ideas. And people have often often called you the Bob Dylan of paintings. <laughs> what? <laughs> what does that mean? No, he he did the same thing. He'll just like have an idea. He's like, ah, instead of writing one song about that, let's do oh. a whole album about it. And people are like, Bob, why did you do that? He's like, <laughs> had an idea. <laughs> That's why he wrote like I don't know, like sixty albums or something. Yeah. And he's still writing. He just came out with another one. So, you're in good company. I think he got a Pulitzer. Really? Right? Pulitzer? For poetry. Whoa. Yeah. I, did, I think you may have told me that before, but Maybe. I forgot. Yeah. That's cool. He didn't even want it. <laughs> That's how cool he is. <laughs> well, 
I mean, maybe there's something to that of like, you know, he, if he's not wanting to accept a Pulitzer, it's like, maybe he's just writing for the sake of writing. Uh, uh, almost a hundred percent. Which is very admirable. Well, now he's really into welding. Okay. So we can expect a lot of sculptures from him soon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever blows your skirt up. Oh. Nice. <laughs> what was I saying? You oh, were talking ideas. about all of your ideas and how good they are. <laughs> so I just keep an idea list and then I pick the one that I am most interested in right now. And there's been a few times where I've like been Maybe I should pick this idea. I don't know why I feel like that, but for some reason, sometimes there's like, uh, maybe I should do this one, but I try to remind myself to just go for the one that I am most interested in right now. Mm -hmm. And then I work on that. And uh, this list keeps getting longer and there's ideas in my list from like three four years ago yeah and you know a lot of those ideas i'm never gonna do those now like now like at the time i was really excited about them but now i'm i'm past that mm. you know and i'm more excited about the new ideas and that's totally fine um, well who's to say that in 10 years you might revisit that list again that's yeah. why you have the list so you can always come back to it. it's nice exactly yeah well, and the other thing that's nice, I think is really nice about keeping a list or having it, like I use a paper planner um, to schedule out my week and my to-dos. And the thing that is so powerful about putting something on paper for me is that I know that, or like the list is actually in my phone, um, I know that it is there in this safe place it's recorded and now i cannot forget it mm. so therefore it is released from my mind and i no longer have to think about it mm -hmm. until i need to refer back to that list yeah and that is so freeing for me it gives me like the mind space to stop thinking about all the other ideas and to think about the one idea that i'm working on right now right yeah that's huge it's very important. So, but back to um, perilous. Nope. Analysis by paralysis. There it is. What was, what's perilous? Par A mispronunciation of paralysis? No idea what's happening. But, yeah, I think, I think there's, well, there's, there could be ideas so many ideas that you want to do or like in my i don't really have a ton of ideas uh well i do but i have more of more different interests different interests yeah um uh, so like you know whatever so how do you deal with that i i have to what is it called it's called OODA loop, maybe? Hold on. It's um it's a military thing. But it's um you 
uh, hold on. How, how does it go? It's like a, uh, uh, well, another way of saying it is prioritize and execute. So you mm-hmm. analyze what your interests are. Mm-hmm. You prioritize them. Mm-hmm. And then you execute on... Priority. Yeah. Okay, so how do you prioritize? Uh, it's it's either based on interest or ability. Mm. So if like... Or I, what about like accessibility? Like maybe you have the materials to do one interest and the other interest is going to cost you $500 to get started. Oh, I'm happy going into debt. But, <laughs> but nope. Where we are not. So I I'm willing to spend money to do math stuff, but I don't. Uh That's not true. I'm willing to spend money on your interests. I know you are. But just not going to debt. Um <laughs> <laughs> Why not? It's free money. <laughs> but yeah so like yeah it could be it could be accessibility but also i think it's more of i think it's ability more like with i want to record an album i'm very interested in writing music and i love writing music and playing music and recording music However, I'm not very good. And to do the album that I have in my brain, I need to get better. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. Yeah. I need to get better at not only writing songs, but also at the recording of it. So it means that I have to put in a lot of time to get decent at that. Mm-hmm. Right? So... That one's on the back burner. Just because I need to do other things that are... For this guy, I can't do something that will take me, you know, five years to, like, finally see the product. I need something that's a little bit quicker turnaround, at least right now. Hmm. And then I, I can, like, I can, like... I can have these ideas that I want to knock out that way and also kind of work on this other idea that's a longer term thing on the side. Mm -hmm. Just like slowly Slowly, chip away at it. Slowly chip away at it. But at least I have some victories of these other things that I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And that way I don't feel discouraged. And like you're not doing anything. And then quit. Yeah. That's just kind of how I do it. So I just... I prioritize, like, I'm interested in video stuff right now. Photography is number one. Video stuff, writing, and then music is probably fourth down the list. And then there's other things. Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to, I would love to be able to just, like, go out and sit on a park bench and sketch something. Mm -hmm. You have picked up doodling. Oh, I doodle hard. (laughs) In your bullet journal. Yeah, I doodle hardcore, but uh, that's not what I want to be doing with my hands. Like, I, I want to do better things. But I guess What is better? I mean, how do you define that? But I actually, I don't want to get into that right now. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. Because I want to, I'm interested in this music thing, and I thought about bringing this up, um, so I'm glad that you did, because 
um, I was wondering how you were going to feel about talking about this. Okay, so what when you said a while ago, you were just telling me like why you're not starting on the recording the album thing right now, and you yeah. said you're not good at it. Yeah. So is that imposter syndrome or is that uh, just recognizing that you need to get it's, better at something before you can record an album? Yes. Well, I think with a lot of things, so with, with some things like, you know, I have no problem doodling because no one's going to see it. But if, if I have an audience... Like putting out an album is so that people can listen to it uh-huh. or, you know, a, a lot of my photography is so that other people can see it, you know, like art, like I, I know that someone will see it eventually. Like even if it's just you, mm-hmm. like, so I have a standard of what's allowable given you know past masters and things like that so with the album that i want to do it has to at least be good compared to some of the you know greats that i like yeah is that a crazy standard for myself yes but that's just kind of how i do okay so i get that but why why is put out an album the goal, I guess, rather than just, um, you know, like start writing music? Well, I mean... Because you're going to have to start writing music before you put out an album. And like we just talked about, when you start something, you're not going to be good at it and you have to, you know, spend some time on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. And I think that you have been, well, I know you've been interested in music longer than you've been interested in any of these other things. Like it's been the thing that's been around the longest and it it is one of your big, like you're a really big music appreciator and music is one of your biggest passions, but, and you've always, I mean, you play guitar, you play multiple instruments. And so you've always played and done a little bit of writing, Mm -hmm. but I've never not taken it like to the next level or like as far as like putting in the work, you know, of like practicing or like mm-hmm. write like you're not writing music every week or something like that. Whereas you are taking photographs every week. Every day. So so yeah, I'm just wondering like why has this thing been around the longest and but it's Oh boy. Kind of gotten the least attention because oh, I no. think <laughs> this is why I, I thought maybe I, I don't know if I want to bring it up, but because maybe it's imposter syndrome. You might be right. <laughs> no, I, 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 well, it is. I think there is something inherently very vulnerable about writing music, mm-hmm. about writing something that's, meaningful to you and being very honest and open yeah uh that's really hard to overcome that other people are going to see it or hear it you know but we just said at the beginning of this podcast 
you don't have to share it with you anybody. You don't have to share like it with Like you can anybody. start on it and you don't have to share it. Yeah, I know. Until you feel like it's good and you're comfortable with mm-hmm. sharing it. Yeah. Yeah. So you think I should so, start writing music? I mean, I don't, I'm not telling you what to do. Okay. You know what you're, inter- you're most interested in, but mm. yeah. But maybe that is a big hindrance though of sharing of thinking about creating something like and thinking that you have to share it or that you want to share it yeah i i I definitely think so i think for a lot of people it is for for me uh it really depends on what the medium is like i i don't what with photography it's it's nice because i'm like i know i guess i have a better mindset on photography than i do with music i feel like given the amount of music that i've listened to i should probably produce something good you know Mm -hmm. but photography Mm. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm just more comfortable in it because I have gone through the process of being awful and now I'm pretty decent. Yeah. And I'm I mean, you confident. definitely put in the work with yeah. photography. Yeah. And I've studied, I've studied the masters as much as I, maybe, maybe a little bit less than I have with music, but, uh, I've definitely studied. So there's there's a place there so i don't know yeah i mean i think back to the sharing thing i think that like i'm just thinking about little kids like maybe this is just part of human nature to make something and then want to be like look 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 look. Look what i made Mm -hmm. that's true yeah we want to share that joy yeah um and i think art wants to be shared it does i think that's part of it it's like it's kind of sad to just have something you know stowed away in your closet yeah that that's i mean it's in a way like selfish well no it finds a way though Mm. you know yeah like it always finds a way like vivian mayer as a photographer she was a secret photographer, brilliant. Na- she was just a nanny that like took photos occasionally. Um, she wasn't a very good nanny, but she was a great photographer. <laughs> and someone bought like a storage unit or something that she had lapsed payment on. Wow. And then found all of these negatives that are mind-blowingly good. And then also, like, Jay Dilla, he, I mean, he put out a lot of work, but it's the same situation. It was like a storage unit or something like that after he had died that lapsed, nobody knew about. And it was, there were, like, hundreds of finished albums in there uh, that he had made over his, and he was a young dude, too. Did he not just think, did he just not think they were good enough? I think to put out like they well, didn't it's like meet his it, standards it's or? like Prince too. They said that if they if they release an album a year after Prince died, 
they could release an album a year, a full-length album every year for the next hundred years. But is it good? But is it Does good? Does anyone want to listen to it? Exactly. Well, that just kind of shows the, their like discretion. They yeah. made a ton of work, but they curated what mm-hmm. they shared with yeah. the worlds. Yeah. 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 So you just have to capture that little kid inside of you that wants to share what you made. Mm-hmm. And then pair it with, <laughs> you know, wisdom. <laughs> Is this good? Maybe share it with your family, but you don't have Depending to put it on online. The family. Some people have really awful people around them and they should not share it with their family. That's true. But if you and have a supportive family. Mean, and then that will contribute to the imposter syndrome cycle. Yes. But... If you got nice people around you, hey, share away. Yeah, but I I mean, going back to kind of prioritize and execute of interest, the biggest thing is you just, even if you can't really prioritize them, you're like, I don't know, they're all like on the same level. Just pick one. It doesn't matter. Like you're interested in it right now. Or or like go this week I'm going to do this one. Next week I'll do the other one. And then see how you feel towards the end of it. If if you're like full to the brim with creativity at you know like I just feel so good. I'm glad that I'm doing this one. Then you found the one that that resonates most with you currently. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that you have to start on something and it doesn't really matter what it is. Um, I think it's I think it's a Maya Angelou quote. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Angelou. Okay, probably. Um, it's something like um, creativity can't be used up. I'm definitely paraphrasing. Perfect. Creativity can't be used up. The more you use it, the more it is available to you. Mm. Or like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The more you use it, the more it comes or something like that. Yeah. And I think that is so true. And it, it is the idea that creativity is like a like a muscle. It's like exercising and you know, if you work out, you're going to get stronger and mm-hmm. your endurance is going to go up. And it's the same with creativity. You're not, you're not pulling out from this creative well and like slowly the well is drying up. Right. But the more you, you're, you're using it, the more creativity is going to come to you. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if you start on one thing, it doesn't matter what it is, you're going to get more creativity and you yeah. might find, and you might have most likely... I think creativity comes with ideas. So most likely you're going to get more ideas yeah. as you start going. And, and possibly you just, for the other one that you're thinking about doing. Yeah. Too. And so, yeah, you just have to follow your interest. Yeah. And let it, let it lead you in whatever, like maybe you don't know where you're going. You don't know what direction it is, but just 
trust it, trust the process and let it lead you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a mindset of scarcity with, with creativity. That's, that's why people want to hold on to it. Like, Oh, well, I'm like, you know, I, I only have so much of this, but there's so much more. Like if, if you have the idea that there's an abundance always and it's never going to run dry it might it might like start to and you just need to figure you know change things up do something different because uh, there's definitely those days where you just feel kind of dry but you just keep chugging along maybe change a variable or two try something you know use your left hand to paint that might be helpful something that sparks something else like you throw away that painting that you painted with your left hand but at least there was a yeah change your perspective take a step back definitely yeah so (laughs) i keep going back to this but the share the thing about the barrier of sharing your work or wanting to share your work um i like there's nothing wrong with that desire. And we said that we all have that and little children have that. But I think I think the thing that I am hung up on about it is because I want people to enjoy the process of whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because, um, I don't know, I guess because I enjoy the process, it's... <laughs> definitely really important to me and um yeah i just really value being present being in the moment and letting letting things happen letting the creativity flow it's just so fun and so rewarding and um relaxing and so many so many good things. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the process. Mm-hmm. I like the product a mm-hmm. lot. I mean, I do too. Okay. Yeah. We're not that different, you and me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think there's a... Um, yeah, there's a, there's a dilemma there. I think when I'm not, uh, at times when I'm not doing it for the process, I think it gives me more anxiety to think about. Well, and I mean, it makes sense because, you know, being in the process of something, loving the process and being present and being in the moment is mindfulness, right? So that's like a stress relief. Whereas when I'm thinking about the end product, that like way of thinking or way of creating is a lot more stressful to me. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think I'm right there with you because whenever the reason we're really getting into it, the reason that I haven't done music stuff is because I always have it, the end. 
in mind instead of looking at it like I look at every other art form. Yeah. Is you have to start somewhere and then work your way up to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just allow it being kind to yourself like we talked about before being kind to yourself and not judging judging what you're doing in any specific moment just al- allowing it to come out and think of it like a sculpture or whatever you know you kind of block things off you're blocking out things or even painting right like you you block things out and then you mm-hmm. start to like add more definition mm-hmm Maybe if that's your style and sometimes you just leave it blocked (laughs) and abstract and weird. Yeah. And that process should be so fun. Yeah. And if it's not, then maybe that's not what you're actually interested in. Maybe you just think you're interested in it because Mm. you're, because you like the end product. If you don't like the process, maybe it's not your thing. Mm. So I should try. Yeah. Okay. I'll try. And it's not to say like if you don't like the pro like if the process, you know, is drudgery for you that you can you should never do that thing. Um there's so I you know have been oil painting for a really long time. And I got to a point in my painting practice where it kind of was starting to feel like drudgery. Like I, re- I didn't really realize it in the moment, but now I can, you know, look back and remember kind of feeling like, you know, this is my, like gearing up to go into a painting session or a period of time where I was going to be painting mm-hmm. and just being like, oh, and feeling kind of this like drudgery of not really wanting to do it. Mm. And then I switch after, you know, Luther was born, I switched mediums. I went to watercolor because of various reasons. And I think one of them was definitely that disinterest in what I had been doing for mm. so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just switching, I was still painting but I just switched to a different medium and that gave me such a fresh outlook. It was just like this flood of inspiration and excitement. And yeah, it was so good for like me and for my creativity. And I just went with that and I thought that I was going to do watercolor for the rest of my life. And now I'm back at oil painting and it's great. It like I'm, basically doing the same thing that i was several years ago i just like took a break from it (laughs) and how often do you get asked if you're ever going to do watercolor again uh a lot yeah i guess i guess people ask yeah people ask you that a lot i always notice yeah but now i'm super excited about oil painting i mean i still do watercolor every now and then but yeah but yeah so, yeah, not to say that if you are feeling that drudgery about something that that doesn't mean that, you know, that's it. 
that doesn't mean that you're not interested in that thing but maybe you need to step maybe what you're interested in right now in this current moment is something Mm -hmm. different yes yeah yeah that's good yeah we're getting far away from imposter syndrome really Uh, i mean we're talking about barriers to okay starting okay on what you want to start well i have one that um is related to so Questlove uh in his book creative quest creative quest thank you so good it's very very good we should actually buy it like the the actual book of it yeah i would like to read it again not just although the audiobook is very nice because he reads it he reads it which is pretty great yeah anyway in it he talks about kind of the same thing that Neil Gaiman talks about which is whenever he's playing a a drum part and he wants to sound like you know he he wants it to have this certain sound he will dress up like that drummer so he'll he'll dress he dresses up like Stevie Wonder to go into studio to play songs that he wants to sound like Stevie Wonder. But it doesn't. You know, it still sounds like Questlove, but in his mind, it helps him get to that place. Hmm. Like, it's still going to sound like Questlove because he's he's honed his voice enough that he sounds like Questlove. You can hear Questlove play if you're, a, you know... Maybe not to everybody, but anybody that is a drummer that listens to beats knows like Questlove's style. Oh. So anyway, but he still sounds like Questlove. Okay. But he thinks. But he he has to do something in his brain to to sound like some of the greats that he loves. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is dressing up like them. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Super interesting. I like it a lot too. So, I'm going to start dressing up like Steve Jobs around the house. <laughs> what does he wear? Uh, he wore, like, <laughs> black turtlenecks and, I think, uh, just jeans, blue jeans. Okay. I just want our, you know, like, whenever I'm dealing with tech stuff, I'm going to dress up like Steve Jobs. Okay. Our internet's going to be so fast. <laughs> unbelievably fast oh man i'm just wondering where we're gonna buy a black turtleneck for you at the big and tall store <laughs> long john's long 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 john's are us okay so <laughs> that um yeah i mean what you said made me think about something that i really liked that he said in the book was about um. Oh man, Uh-oh. my mind just my mind just went. We should have had some of that green tea. <laughs> um, voice. Oh yeah, he was saying that he played um like he played beats that to him were sounded like. Stevie Wonder or sounded like 
who you know so and so and like all these <laughs> I can't remember. yeah good no. good pull. Um, <laughs> he had like a bunch of different people that he was aspiring towards mm-hmm. or getting inspiration from yeah. and he felt like he was yeah so he felt like he was taking inspiration from inspiring towards aspiring i, I just created something new oh yeah, can you... In- inspiring to... Inspiring towards... To be... Hmm. We're trying. Anyway, so he was pulling inspiration from all these different people, and to him, he thought he sounded like this person, and this person, and this person, and this person, all mixed together. But from an outside ear, people are like, like it sounds like Questlove, and he has such a distinct voice, like you said, that you can... I, I, you know, uh, am not as much into music as you are. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy his music, but I can't be like, oh, that's Questlove. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know that about him, that his voice was so distinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just interesting that he didn't feel like his voice was distinct in that way. He felt like he was sounding like, this handful of people that he was taking inspiration from. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And, and to have such clarity of, I sound like this, 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 and this, Uh-huh. that, that is a knowledge in that art that you, if you can pinpoint like with your paintings, if you could pinpoint like I'm, I look like these five artists, Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty good. Can you do that? I mean, <sighs> Picasso, Vingo. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, you know, who my five maybe biggest inspirations are, probably. But John Singer Sargent. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mane. Uh, no. No. Hmm. Okay. Good guess, though. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Just trying over here. Okay. So, the other thing that I have to say about the imposter syndrome, or I'm going to mention another book, which is the main book that I'm thinking that I was, you know, thinking about in my mind in the beginning of the podcast when I said that I'm yes. experiencing imposter syndrome, t- thinking about talking about this. And it's um, Danielle Chris's book. Your inner critic is a big jerk. Mm, I still haven't read that one. Yeah, it's really good. Um, she also talks about this topic a lot in her podcast, like in the earlier episodes of her podcast. But um, that voice of the imposter syndrome or of the inner critic that is like, you know, being a jerk and saying, start prompting this cycle of negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it is, I think it's there because you're uncomfortable, you feel uncomfortable doing something because you've never done it before. Or like maybe you've only done it a few times. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not comfortable, you haven't done it enough to be comfortable with doing it. So as you do it more, and you stop listening to those negative thoughts and even better if you like replace them with 
positivity or affirmations or something like that, yeah. that voice of that inner critic, it gets quieter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean, do you remember, it's been a minute since you've had like a day job, but. Yeah. Six years. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. Uh, do you remember whenever you would have like a first day or like a first week? That first week is the worst week ever because mm-hmm. like you'll come in, especially if it's kind of a new thing that you've never done. Um, well, you remember whenever you worked at that, um, what, what was it? You inspected like microchips. Was that a job you had? Yeah, I don't really know what these parts were, but <laughs> okay. they were like, no, I was building them. Oh, they you were built some them. kind of uh, parts for electronics or something. Yeah. I have no idea. But do you ever. You, you, but you remember- I think you should just speak to for yourself on this oh, <laughs> topic okay, okay. and stop trying to relate to me because I. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> relate to this. Okay. Well, you, you just. Not you, me. I would like go in and and mostly most of my career I came in pretty you know I went to school for guitar building and did that for 10 years and then and then this company that I was working for went under yeah and then I got hired at this metal fab shop I've never done any metal work ever I don't even know metal yeah I didn't know anything about it. And I got hired on as production manager for this thing. Yeah. It's because you were production manager at the guitar place. Right. So I know how to manage people, but I don't know how to do these things. Right. So I have no idea how to instruct people. So you like, you get in, I got in there and I just felt so helpless because I can't, I can't like turn to the guy that hired me and be like, bro, I don't know. I don't know. Y- you don't want to do that. That doesn't look good as a new hire. Mm. But, but inside you just feel so much, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you feel like everything that you're doing is awful because everything you're doing is probably awful and you're learning a lot of things. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I was hoping that you could relate to me on this, but never mind. Well, all my jobs were like not important to me and yeah. like not really requiring skilled, any oh. skill, you know? Okay. Yeah. I mean, you built anyway. microchips for things? I don't think I they were like microchips. skilled. <laughs> They didn't want you to leave. Oh, they were so sad whenever we moved. Ace Taylor was sad, too, when you worked for them. You were such a good employee. Aw. <laughs> but I hated being an employee. Yeah, me Dang too. It. I hated it, too. This new life's cool. I don't like to be told what to do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that um yeah so to sum well, up maybe 
you talking actually made me think about Luther. Maybe See? he's a lot like you. I mean, it's likely that he's a lot like you. Hopefully. Because he um, he's having that trouble with reading. Like, it's you were talking about learning something. And you have yeah, to be willing just, to learn something. He just something. wants to be great at it. Yeah, he, he likes to do things that he's already good at. Which he's good at a lot of things. Yeah. But something that's hard that he does, that, yeah, he has to learn. That's my whole life, though. He has a harder time with working on it, putting mm-hmm. in the work to learn it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, maybe it has something to do with not being good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just feeling, you yeah. know. He's so used to being pretty competent at something that this new thing that he's not competent. I mean, learning is hard. Like growing and and progressing in life is very difficult because it's so much work. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's called growing pains. I mean, I know that's referring to like an actual physical thing, but <laughs> it can be applied elsewhere. Growth is painful. Mm. Kirk Cameron's the best, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I didn't really watch that show. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Another but thing I that I thought we could relate on. But I remember him from the Left Behind on. series. Oh, yeah. I never watched that. Which I actually have no memory of because I don't remember movies or yeah. TV shows. Well, growing but I pains, remember his face. Growing Pains with Kirk Cameron was great, from what I remember. Yeah, but you know, yeah, you gotta you gotta go through life and gotta do the hard things. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah, I mean that's actually something that I was thinking about lot about in 2019 because I started doing a lot of things that were really challenging me and I realized that it was like I I don't know I came to this place where I was like is it worth oh, it yeah. to do this you thing did like public speaking yeah you did multiple public speaking things I was like in my mind having this battle is it worth it to do this thing because it really is stressing me out it gives me so much anxiety. Oh, yeah. And is it worth going through all that anxiety in order to do something? But, yeah, it goes back to, like, this they were talking about is being willing to learn something and to put in the work and the prep to learn it and get good at it and then do it. Yeah, I mean, the only way that a muscle gets stronger is if it breaks down and then gets built again, you know? Mm. So, if you're going to be something, like, I mean, in in all these situations, like, public speaking is a muscle that you have to learn, and you have to, you know, if you're out of shape in public speaking... It is going to be hard. It's going to be as hard as running a marathon if you're a couch potato, you know? Hmm. Maybe. Unless you're like, I guess I think about, uh, maybe this is a thing too, because I guess like when I think about public speaking, I think 
there are people that are naturally good no, at public speaking. It's not true. <laughs> or they're like just naturally good at like talking to people and they're like funny that is true. or like maybe more charismatic or they just mm-hmm. have a personality that would sure. suit that mm-hmm. better. So there's they have an advantage over me. But um that's where my mind goes. But the thing about public speaking is it's not really actually talking to it's it's talking to basically a wall of people. It's not actually interacting with people. Yeah. Which is hard, especially for me, because I like interacting with people. So, I don't know. We're we're getting in, into a public speaking thing. But yes, you know, you you have to you have to do those hard things. I specifically um with with photography i specifically shoot film stocks that i'm not comfortable with Mm -hmm. because i need to be comfortable with them Mm -hmm. i want to have a breadth in in what i'm able to capture and all these film stocks have their own characteristics and their own thing and i need to know how to use them in certain situations it's just like a you know i don't know brush uh, something that you would use Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe a color. Oh yeah, color. I mean, it, it is very much that. Like, there's there's subtle hints to different film stocks. But um, yeah, I specifically shoot those because I'm not comfortable in them, and I want to get better at all of them and be very comfortable in every film stock. Pretty much, except for the ones that I hate. <laughs> I mean, you gotta go where your interest is leading you. That's true. That's true. I love it. Well, solid work tonight. Okay. We definitely talked. Yeah, we said things. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things. I wonder what our word count was. Ooh. We should transcript this. And then make it into a blog post. That is called like using (laughs) that would be the worst blog post ever (laughs) yeah but think about the seo look at uh, think about all the words that we use search words yeah 